Welcome to episode 400 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's finally starting to get our sea legs. In this episode, we talk about the devil all the time, the comeback of classic toys, the importance of video in business, and design and development trend predictions. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So put on your celebration hats and get your party poppers ready, because it's time to celebrate. kick off every episode by going around the table and if you are counting along like we are this is the 400th time around this table and you know what i think it's time for us to wipe it down <laughs> we haven't we have it's there's about time Cheeto dust there's all sorts of bodily fluids that have just been building up stop over it the- stop <laughs> it stop it i mean there is not never, an never mind the pandemic table. we're yeah. in our own rooms Okay, I want to be clear. There's not like a bunch of blood and semen in front of us. (laughs) I think you can only speak for yourself at this point. You have no idea what Doc is looking at. (laughs) Uh, So it is the 400th. Trying to find my sanitizer spray. (laughs) It is the 400th episode. and Need to sanitize um, through the internet. (laughs) We were talking uh, yesterday about the fact that, yes, this is the 400th episode of this format, but... Patrick, you and I, between you and I, we have recorded over 700 episodes. If you factor in all of the one-off episodes that we've done along the way, hot all seats. of like the little series, all the hot uh, hot seats, all the live uh, shows that we've done. Um, it's crazy. We've recorded so much content. You know, years. what's pretty funny, it's, it's actually not funny at all, but it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a story. It's a short story, uh, is that now... Uh, uh, literally like uh, 90% of the time that I meet a client and I talk to a client at some point during the call, they make a comment about, Oh, you'd probably be good on a podcast or, or they make a comment about like uh, question asking or something like that. So, uh, you know, apparently uh, we're sharpening some skills. You yeah. and I are, I would say we're pros at this point. Yes. You're natural. Um, Lauren's Doc, a pro am. Right. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Doc is kind of like the guy you pull out of the stands to shoot the free throw shot who might win a car, but then yeah. he never does. No, no. He definitely he definitely won a Ford Raptor, like for sure. But he couldn't afford the taxes on it, so he had to return it. Like yeah, that's the... That's definitely me. That or, you, that or you stick me in right field. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that Doc is here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. you heard last week that... Uh, that we, as part of the response to what we want to do differently in 2021, um, we are introducing new content, new shows to the network, uh, and we we mentioned that Doc is going to be coming on and leading one of those. And so um, we thought for the 400th episode, let's add a fourth guest or a fourth host for this episode uh, as a foray into the, the M of One network as a host on the M of One network. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome Sir Doc Reed to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Doc, you have probably been here for almost the entirety of those 400 episodes. Like if I think about a good people, chunk of them. 
if I think about people who have been with us from the beginning, there's a handful of people who are still active in the community, and some of which recently we've learned don't even listen to the show anymore, but are just part of <laughs> part of the community now, um, and that's fine, and that's that is what it is. But you're one of the people who has been with us about as long as anyone else that I can think. Oh, that's awesome. In fairness, we don't actually know that Doc still listens. You know, what? in the. Uh, <laughs> In the community this past week, I, I think it was this past week, Mavtrav commented about like, uh, this week's episode is only an hour 19 or something. Or it's like an hour 19. He didn't right. say only. He just said that. And my initial thought was like, is he complaining it's too long or is he like upset it's too short? Like, I don't know which direction he was just, he was goes. speaking a fact. He's just our fact checker. Hey, for anyone who needs to know, hour 19. He put three exclamation points, so he's super pumped about facts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love knowledge and people knowing Just, that I know it. <laughs> that's a table. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, Change so, my mind. Yeah, so Doc, um, it is it is fitting for you to be like the first extension of the M of One Network and the Master of One Network. Uh, uh, it is network. fitting for you to be <laughs> the first person to kind of come in and expand that universe a little bit. The... Uh, the Master of One expanded universe. Um, and awesome. so, yeah. So welcome to the network officially, my friend. Well, thank you. Welcome. It's good to, good to be here. Good to be involved on a, uh, a just not a, a listener. I mean, I, you, I talk to you guys all the time, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, can we all go around the table and just say one thing we appreciate about Doc? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doc, stand up then- on a... Stop standing back on your chair, and we'll we'll say this about you. And then Doc has to then say one thing he appreciates about each one of us. Yes, now I think that's only fair. Oh, that's so uh, nice, Lauren. Why don't you start? Go and start, Lauren. Uh, Doc is an amazing artist. That was mine. Shit. Okay, hold on. <laughs> um. I'll say a for real one. Like I'm not. I'm not saying Lauren's isn't for real. Okay, yeah, let me just let me say this. Let me say Have one that is that drawings? is really sincere, <laughs> truly sincere. Uh, Doc, you probably are the 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 next best thing to having an actual physical brother. And some might say their brothers are terrible, Aww. and you're better than an actual <laughs> brother. But you and I, the uh, the level at which you and I can uh, communicate with brotherly love is one that is surpassed by very few. So I look at photos of us, and there are, I've I have not found a photo of us where one of us isn't dying laughing. I was going to say that or have like (laughs) tears where we just have not stopped laughing. I know. And so that is one thing that I appreciate about you. You always seem to bring joy. So that's awesome. I'm going to say two quickly. One is that um, you look like you smell really nice all the time. (laughs) I think it's your level of grooming that you do, but I can, I feel like I can kind of smell you. Um, And I, (laughs) you could have ended that sentence at smell. I like that this is your alternative to like he's a good artist. <laughs> Hold on. I'm not you done like yet. You smell good. You smell I just think you kind of smell like my grandfather light. Like not quite Grandfather strong, light. Yeah, like, like not quite L-I-T-E. strong, but like... Yeah, exactly. That's, That's all. my roller derby name. Mm-hmm. The Grandpa the, light, yeah. like <laughs> The second thing I'll say is, uh, Doc, you're an insanely genuine human being. So, like like Andrew said, you've been around for, um, I think, the majority of the show's run. And I've been impressed by um, how much you desire to have an, an intentional relationship 
uh, how much you have with us and and like I I'm not like the the brother level. I understand that Andrew's really possessive about that, <laughs> but yeah, you can't uh, have I, him. I do feel like um, um, I do consider you a friend, and I, I appreciate that you care so much about how you treat other people. So uh, it's it's awesome for me to have had this relationship so long, and then to now be at the point where we get to start working together and and doing that whole thing. So I'm super excited for it. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm same. And <clears throat> say with I know I'm. With having friends, it's always great to get them into the the workflow. And I've been trying to figure out how to work with all my friends for the last like five, six years. And I feel like yeah. you are one of the first people that I'm able to check that box with. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. Um, love always kicking work out to people. And I'm glad that it's a project that we get to work on together, actually, yeah. instead of just 100%. handing it over to you. Yeah, and that's um, all we can say about it. We got NDAs, guys. Back yeah. Off. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Everyone back off. Um, Proctor and yeah. Gamble has been very serious about the work that they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and Lauren, as I say, it's been super fun to n- get to know you through the the Slack channel. And then when you sort of took oh, over thanks. and added the 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 level of uh, spice to the, to the show, I have told <laughs> Patrick and Andrew several times that I love the addition that you, that you bring. And it, it was a super smart move. And I love, again, like all the reasons they had you in the seat uh, is, is one of those, those insights that I enjoy listening uh, to, to you when you talk. And um, All you so, had yeah. to say was she's good at drawing. Yeah. She's good at drawing. Way to one-up her. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, now she uh, feels foolish. I see, okay. I see <laughs> your compliment and I raise you sincerity. <laughs> And yeah. eloquence. <laughs> I'm just it's trying gone to like I up and up and up here. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. I want to. I want to figure out how to get into cosplays because having four kids, yeah. I'm just like, uh, we should really make these costumes. And I, it always comes down to like October 30th. I'm like, crap. Do you just want to cosplay as someone? I love that helping people. Kids. You know what though? You could just literally take Lauren's costumes that she's made, and they will you all fit actually. your children. <laughs> That's <you're, laughs> yes. she is child size, so it's not like it's a big stretch. <sighs> True. This is completely yeah. true, and I have so many boxes. <laughs> um, so I think it's important before we get too far into the into the show. But thank you, um, Doc or Patrick. Right before we started, we were talking and and we were getting Doc set up, recording, <laughs> and we've learned that Patrick's um, Patrick's what was it roller derby roller derby roller derby yeah, name yeah. is going to be Quick Time Playa. <laughs> And right, uh, because that's what I'm called perfect. in bed. Because that's what he's called in bed. That's it's exactly so perfect. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's important to to know um, what would yours be, Doc? Smells like grandpa. Grandpa light. <laughs> grandpa, grandpa light. light. <laughs> it's like grandpa light. <laughs> and Lauren's is T Rex, like with like the yeah, uh, like I'm a covering. car wreck. What would mine be <laughs> if I was if I was playing there roller derby? Huh? Mm. How about over the course of this show, we'll figure it out. Okay. By the yeah, end of the show, I, I want to think of a good one. That's our mission me. over this course of the show is to figure out what my roller uh, derby Just solidify is. roller derby names. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually it's easy to do like ginger jokes, but now that there's like two of us, it's weird. <laughs> well, we are, we are the dominant species in, in this call right now. So I, I uh, see Andrew more as being ginger light though. Ginger. I was say, I'm more gingerly. <laughs> <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> uh, you, uh, so you, Doc, you know how the around the table works. What's what's been going on this week for you? New and noteworthy. 
New and noteworthy. Um, been working on some some fun projects that we can't talk about. Cool. With, uh, with, You're with, really uh, good at an audio format. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, figuring some stuff out with uh, iPad and Photoshop with uh, digging in some more and more drawings, trying to get back into some of that with uh, environmental drawings. And uh, yeah, nice. got some plans to do some Instagram lives, figuring all that out. So mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. Lauren, are you going to, you've, I don't think I've ever seen you like get involved in an Instagram live where you're drawing something live, right? Not really, but I bought a, um, what's the word? Um, tripod camera. so that I can start doing <laughs> Oh, you <that>. did? <laughs> no, she still yeah. doesn't have a camera. She just has a tripod. <laughs> she just has a tripod. <laughs> I was just going to use my phone. <laughs> yeah. You have to start, start somewhere. Start at the bottom rung because like, I'm not used to this. I don't want to spend a ton of money on a camera that if I oh, yeah. don't get into this at all or any, or if it's just not fun or whatever. So a phone tripod was only like $40. So I'm like, that's doable. And it came with a light yes. and everything. So is, is it uh, like, does it have a clamp on it? Like a clamp system that kind of arches over or like, what's the... It's got like a tripod and then, yeah, like you clamp your phone in and then it kind of has an adjustable arm too. So you can kind of move it however you need to position it. So I'm hoping But it I doesn't kind of clamp to your over. desk. Like it sits on top of your desk? Yes. Okay. Why don't you put a, a link to it in the show notes so that we can see the, the setup that you just got? For yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. I was really hoping, I was hoping that it would clamp to your like head. <laughs> you do like, what, like, like a spelunker's, <laughs> like, like a spelunker's. You're not get like a miner's helmet. <laughs> That's I'm actually not. I don't a- have one in my closet to be honest. Like. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Like saying that like for people who strap like their GoPros to their foreheads when they surf and mm-hmm. things. I don't know why surfing is the thing that I'm thinking of, but surfing is a thing. Um, yeah. For those like that, that's that's not an actual, that's actually not a bad idea. Because if you're drawing, it, you're going to be focused on. Yeah. The, and then the light would be straight on it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a shot because, yeah, it seems to be like all everything on Instagram now, if you're not making videos, you kind of get shunned by their algorithm. So I have to figure out. A way to make videos. Yeah. I think I shake too much. <laughs> like to have like it on my helmet. Yeah, I tend to shimmy uh uncontrollably <laughs> constantly. And I just yeah, think like if you're watching that, my yeah, Instagram, you, move a lot. you would probably throw up. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I start erasing, it'll be like really awkward. <laughs> With the miner's helmet theory. Every time I draw, I use one hand to draw and the other hand I'm using a shake weight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's why know your one arm is your left arm is so buff like, yeah i'm like the, i'm like the guy from the vill. is it the village no water uh lady in the water lady in the water yeah, yeah that m night Shyamalan where he's just got that ripped arm and the other yeah. one's just uh atrophied who here has used a shake weight like as a joke like i yeah yeah doc you're the like only old. one that hasn't used one no Patrick has a couple of extra. enough white elephant parties. <laughs> that is a hilarious white elephant gift. I have never thought about it for a white elephant gift. That is good. I love, we have, we go big on white elephant gifts in my family. So like I always oh, have like an idea list. <laughs> but like our family does a thing at Christmas where like all the adults pull in $100 for a white elephant gift. Like each person does a $100 limit gift. So they're actually like good gifts. But you have to be clever because like the sillier they are, the better as well. But like making it something expensive but silly and something everyone wants is a challenge my wife's family does the same thing everybody pulls in a hundred dollars they take it and they just buy liquor <laughs> that's not a bad plan it's just for <laughs> nice i had people doing that with lottery tickets mm-hmm. that, yeah yeah uh there's a friends episode all about that um i <laughs> spent the whole night uh, doing scratch offs yeah <laughs> i had a dream about your wife's family last night patrick what? that's all yeah, I had a dream about. about <laughs> Tell me about the, that later. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. It was good. 
All right, Lauren, um, anything else happened this week? Really personal. <laughs> um, so I've also been working on some projects that I can't talk about. <laughs> oh, you guys, my are, word. you guys are killing it. Awesome, guys. Great. Um, this episode's called NDA. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what, we, i can't what, say it's uh my next gallery 1988 piece that show is coming up february 19th so mark your calendars it's going to be a really cool one uh i've seen what a couple other people did and it's going to be a very very fun show i think um I the other stuff i've been working on is some new pins which is always fun uh i have some issues i found out from the manufacturer today so i'm gonna have to figure out how to make them work better but i'm definitely getting some new pins done and it's been forever so i'm very excited to like do that again because <laughs> last year was weird um and then i've been doing things with other podcasts this week sorry guys i cheated on you mm. <laughs> uh but i hung out with the creator in drink and draw doc you were there yeah last hey. week that was fun it was nice to hang out with those guys and get to meet some new people and just hang yeah. out um and then the other really silly thing i did this week was uh i bought tickets to the golden crappies which um <laughs> is a award show that's done by a podcast called Watch What Crappens, who it makes fun of everything on Bravo. And so these are their <laughs> yearly awards for all the great things that happen on Bravo. That is, so there that are is categories. Your, that is your cup of tea. Oh, yeah. It was, like, so funny. I was, like, crying so much. I was, or, like, laughing so much I was crying. I mean, <laughs> uh, categories include things like thirstiest Bravo celebrity, best friend of, uh, best uh, new show, best quote of the year, everything like that. You can uh, listen to the crappies on the Watch What Crappens feed. <laughs> this is hard to say, like, correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you go to their podcast feed, you can listen. They do recap shows of literally everything on Bravo, and they are super hilarious. Uh, ben and Ronnie, the hosts, are really, really good at doing impersonations of all the housewives, which is my favorite part of the show. I love watching them do it, so if you ever get a chance to see a live show, it's totally worth paying the money for uh, I just had a great time doing that this week. Man, wow, that is that is. <laughs> is it full. a joke? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. But like, in order to perform this joke, they have to actually watch. Hours the joke and is hours on them. Hours. That's the yeah. Thing. I mean, it seems like <laughs> they watch no, twenty four hours worth of programming a day on Bravo so that <laughs> they can podcast about it. No, no, because they're like they're exactly like they like it for the same reasons that I do, where it's like I do not watch Real Housewives because I want to like be like any of these people or anything like that. I watch it because it is so funny and so ridiculous. And so they are just watching it to make fun of like I am. <laughs> I watch it because we only have one TV. And that's what the kids But you don't find it like hilarious when you're watching it. Like, why are they arguing about this stuff? Like, no, I don't know that hilarious is the word. Most of the time, it it makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Like most of the time, I have this feeling of Patrick like, does not do well with conflict. That's yeah, the thing. Like, like Patrick, he's a flight. See, flight I'm terrible flight. at conflict, but I love watching other people deal with it, no. especially because they handle it completely wrong every See time. See how Patrick's sitting right now? <laughs> he's sitting that way at just the thought of other people having conflict. He's sucking into himself, trying to become imploded. Yeah, that's, I actually fold into is. my belly button when there's conflict. <laughs> Patrick the puck, Puckerfish, <laughs> easy killer. Uh, so on that note of watching things that are that are uh, disgust you. No. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I've been watching Gossip Girl this week because that's nice. what uh, you do when you turn thirty six years old and you have a total life change. You watch Gossip Girl. Um, Lauren did recommend it last week. It's I've actually never watched Gossip Girl. It's uh, it's one of those things that like. 
if you liked Bridgerton, here is a modern day version of Bridgerton. Like legit, like that's what it is. Um, it's class warfare. Ah, that's that's <laughs> extreme, but it's it's like like uh, the Upper East Side of New York City. These kids who go to this elite school for um, you know these incredibly rich people, and then there's people who have who have less money who have put all of their money into being able to go to this school so that their kids can have a, a better chance at like these up, you know, these higher schools. And it's seeing how they interact with one another. And then gossip girl, there's a gossip forum. Um, and mm-hmm. it's essentially the modern day lady whistle down because you don't know who she is. And she's writing, she's writing about all the goings on, keeping everybody informed about all the trash and stuff that's happening in, in all of these, these students lives. Um, and uh, but the difference is this is six seasons and it goes over. I think it's like a fifteen-year-old show, and so there are parts yeah. of it that are that don't age well. Um, like some the of the fact that it was a forum is kind of funny to start with. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're they're texting on the QWERTY keyboards, not QWERTY, because QWERTY is the is like sure. the full the full thing. What's the one where it's like the you have to hit the, the double double triple tap to get the letters or whatever. Um, it's really funny to see these these old phones. The one thing that that has been really good is listening to the soundtrack. The soundtrack is actually pretty killer. So in that way, like it parallels Bridgerton in a in a lot of ways, um, but it just takes place in in modern in modern time or you know early to mid two thousands time. Um, I I would recommend was, it. Was Bridgerton what made you want to rewatch Gossip Girl? I'm not rewatching Gossip Girl. I've never seen. Oh, it. my bad. <laughs> yeah, this. My I, bad. I, no, I. I never have seen it up to this point. Uh, Bridgerton. Yeah, like w- watching Bridgerton and liking Bridgerton, and then I had gotten. Uh, like I had heard people say, if you liked Bridgerton, it is essentially just yeah. Gossip Girl. Um, and got it, so, got it. also I've had some extra cool. free time. So, between those two things, I decided to to jump into. I like things that are multiple seasons because that gives me some place to go with it. Like I don't want to like something and then have it just be a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. It's also nice to just like not have to decide what to choose on Netflix for like several days. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's that. Like I like yeah. the idea of just kind of settling into something. What was the 400 mm-hmm. story you wanted to share? So here's the 400 story. Uh, very, very early on in Patrick and I's uh, relationship, Patrick worked mm. for me. Like he was, he was my, the web developer at the place that I was at and I was the communications director. I hired him and, and, we got friendly with one another pretty quickly because we have similar interests, obviously. But there was this one day <laughs> that I remember vividly <laughs> driving, and I would I would guess the the line of of friendliness and comfortability between employee and supervisor got blurred because there was we were driving down the road <laughs> and Patrick was drinking. An a, a diet A and W root beer was, out of a bottle. I was tonguing this was his, the inside of the bottle. You had finished the drink and you were sticking. You were aggressively <laughs> sticking your tongue inside of the bottle to get like the remnants. You wanted every last drop because you weren't making a ton of money. You needed every Absolutely. last drop Y'all for didn't sustenance. Pay worth shit. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so as he's doing that, I commented on how weird that looked, and then he, and then you said, and I quote. Um, well, I can't quote fully because I can't remember exactly it? what was like the context of it. I know what you said. Go ahead and say what you said. So it looks like I'm tongue punching a fart box. 
No, you said it looks like I'm tongue punching your fart box. That's what you said. (laughs) And and at which point, like you said that, and I looked at you and I said, Patrick, you know I'm your boss, right? (laughs) You got very serious very quickly. I remember that. I know. The color just left your body. Like all of it just rushed out of your body and you died a little on the inside and the outside. Um and I think that was really you became best friends (laughs) and that was shortly after like it was shortly after we had started podcasting because I think like we had this like experience where we were doing this and this felt very natural and friend friend like and then also you still had like at the end of the day I still signed your checks not physically but like I was still responsible for you and just the idea that you felt (laughs) so comfortable that you could say it looks like I'm tongue punching your fart box which I had never heard of before ever in my life I heard that phrase from (laughs) I feel like it was like a meme that had like a close up face of like an angry Wookiee or something. And then it was like written on top of it. I don't know where it came from. Who knows? Anyway, I have lots of funny stories about about doing this show for, for 400 episodes. But that was one that stuck out to me as an early, early uh, story that never actually made it on air, I don't think. No, so, thank God. There you go. Um, dodge that bullet. So this week, um, I picked up... Oh, well. <laughs> couple things happening. I've been actually uh, watching a bit more television, which would help me out a lot last week. Uh, episode 3, WandaVision. Uh, by the way, I absolutely loved Episode 3. Huge fan of it. Yeah. We don't have to jump into recap now, because I imagine as we get later in the season, we'll do more of a season recap. Um, but very, very solid. Um, if you're... I understand I've heard several people say they're going to back away from the show because they want to be able to binge it, because the episodes are only like 22 minutes of content, 24 minutes of content, something like that. Um, that said, I'm, I'm loving being up with, up to date with it every week. Uh, and definitely every episode you go through, there's less of the kind of TV facade and you're getting more of the, what's actually happening, you know, behind the scenes, which Mm -hmm. is very exciting. Uh, and again, I'm still so impressed by the idea of every episode being different script, different delivery, different performance, different camera, different lighting, like, I am so impressed by the technical feat of actually pulling this off. And, of course, I'm looking forward to next week. Um, second thing. Oh. I'm loving how, like, slow the mystery is, to be yeah. honest. Like, I love that it's we still, can, like, guess you know, along every week. And I, that it's, like, a really juicy mystery. There's some mystery. people in our community that talk about how it's frustrating to them because they feel like there's not enough of that. That there's too much of this, like, fake TV show facade. I would be fine if you took all the Marvel... like you can just throw all that away and I can just watch the fake TV show. Like I, I am so enthralled mm-hmm. by just, just them pulling that off. And I, I'm genuinely just enjoying that bit of it as much as, okay, what's really happening, you know? Um, second thing, mm-hmm. search Same. party season four, uh, came out. I want to say first part of January. Uh, I'm on episode, Everybody's on episode talking about five this. right mm-hmm. now. I think there's six currently out. I can't remember, um, but I just finished episode five last night. Uh, Andrew, are you caught up on Search Party? Yes, I am. Yeah, it's intense. This season is that, intense. Like, Mackenzie loved the first couple of seasons. Um, sh- after episode two or three, she had to walk away. She just said she can't watch it anymore. Like It, it genuinely ratchets up. It's triggering. Oh, it's, it's pretty yeah. insane. So episode five, especially, I am so impressed by uh, the lead character. Who who's the actress that's the lead character that also played maybe, um, maybe uh, Alicia something. Uh, Alia Shawcott. 
Something like that. That's yeah. it. That, no, no. <laughs> I was not even close. Totally close. <laughs> Shannon Timberweed. I I am so <laughs> deeply impressed by her performance. Uh, it is also like kind of horrifying to watch her performance. It's jarring. Yes. So pretty yeah. amazing. Now it is a bit, you know, it's a different show. The The reality is if you've been following Search Party up to now, in some ways, season the end of season three felt like a wrap up for the series. Uh, and it's hard to know how much was intended to be, whether or not they thought they would get picked up for another one or, or what would ultimately happen. So season three, in a lot of ways, wrapped up the line that was started in season one. So moving into this season, it feels like kind of a different show and uh, or a different premise, a uh, different thing you're working through. Um, everybody has still been just as fun to watch. Uh, and it's also interesting, too, because the original show is obviously not current. Like there was several year gap between uh, finishing up the show and then right. starting this new season. Um and so it's in my mind, like I keep getting shocked at what a parallel some of the episodes are to what's been going on the last year. And then I have to remember like, oh no, it's up to date with current events. Like it's, it, of course it's going to parallel it right. because it is now in our current, uh, anyway, uh, it's a, it's a great yeah. show, but for sure, this is like psychological thriller. I've heard people described it as like horror story. Like it's. It's really, I don't know that I consider it to be that level, but it's absolutely a much more intense show at this point. It depends on whether or not you consider, it, it, it depends on whether or not you consider Misery right. one, a, like a horror movie or a psychological thriller. Because I think if you, however you would, however you would define that, that's what yeah. this show would be with, with, a, t- with a tinge of, with a tinge of um, dark sure. comedy. Yeah. And it's so, mm-hmm. the, the, I think. Elliot and David's characters, even Portia to some extent, but they they bring comedic. There is zero comedy coming from Dory, the main character, in any of the seasons. They bring a level of levity to it that's necessary. Especially well, I would this say season. they try to. The interesting thing is that um, her story, the the kind of main storyline, Dory storyline, is so dark that the. Um, that kind of like going from super dark to these kind of comedic, you know, characters that are a bit, um, you know, they kind of have the dumb blonde kind of like persona a bit. Um, that can be very harsh at times. And I think it's supposed to mm-hmm. be a breath of fresh air. And I, it, it almost ups some creepy level a little bit, how different their paths are and not understanding what's going on in each other's lives. I think that's intentional. I think it's. I think that's exactly what it is. Seeing the the level of drama, I'm doing air quotes in these other people's lives, while what's happening to Dory in her life and the things they're getting upset about. I think it's definitely a uh, a yeah. critique, right? It's definitely a um, them trying to, in my opinion, them trying to say the the level of things that we everyday people considered to be big deals while there's other stuff is going on that is actually really sure. big well deal. said so um so, that's mm-hmm. it yeah. so search party um wandavision loving that ride right now and then search party uh excited to be going through this season uh again if you if you haven't started the show before it's absolutely worth a watch it's available on hbo now and you can stream all the all the seasons there uh and then again we're we're in the middle of the season right now i think i think we're in the middle of season four right now um but uh Awesome, awesome show. I mean, what a what a gem. Outside of that, uh, we're in the process of of 
moving. I mean, that's really what we're in the process of, one way or the the other. Uh, if we fast forward two weeks from now, I'm going to have a different set of walls behind me, and uh, so that that's what's going on in my life. Not a lot. He's going to sound completely different. Uh, yeah. In the next um, I'll be weeks. an octave higher probably, <laughs> and so. You know, yeah. outside of that, it, there's not much in the way of, of pop culture in my life right now. So I'm I'm longing for the day. Now that I've gone through having COVID, and so I guess I'm immune from all disease for the rest of my life. I'm And once I'm done moving, <laughs> I'm ready for the day to start spinning up board game nights again. Does, we got, I, I got to get back to conferences, conventions. Like, I'm ready for normalcy. That's what I'm cheering for, and, and I'm hoping that this is the year we actually get there. So... That is it from me. So I think that's it for our Around the Table 400 time around. Uh, Not bad. Up next, Mm -hmm. let's talk about some categories. (laughs) No, I I thought of it while you're talking about search party, so I wrote it down. But uh, since your last name is Sale, it could be Fire Sale, and then your number would be two for one. (gasps) Where did she come up with this? (laughs) That's good. From... There, golly, Fuck. she has a she has a. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you just have a stroke, Patrick. What happened? Um, yeah, <laughs> she has an uh, uh, a uh, what's it called? Roller derby like name generator that she just plugs no. first name into, <laughs> last name into, and it just comes spits out like an, she's an like element. a roller no, derby just, oracle. I just like, like you think would about go it. visit her. She's in like she's suspended mm-hmm. in some type of no, like jelly yes. bath. And then you would touch the outside of her orb, and, sh- and she grants What's you a flavor? That's what happens. Yes. Orange. <laughs> Orange. So I'm fire sale, two for one. We got, uh, quick, time we got player. quick time playa, and we got grandpa light, grandfather light, <laughs> and then we've got T-Rex. Lauren, can you make jerseys for us? This is a good team. Can you make jerseys I, for Yeah, us? we should. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think we have to now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to actually see us all perform in a roller derby event. I'm just gonna lay this down and create fine. a roadblock. Yeah. How many have to jump me? <laughs> how many <laughs> this how strategy many, for sure? How many people are on an average roller derby team? Five okay. people in one team. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no substance. Oh, wait, there's only four of us. <laughs> yeah. So almost I perfect. know some people, don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. Um, all right. Every week we uh, talk about the categories, which are the now back to the idea of rolling our dice to find out what category topic we have what your little segue of like stretch (laughs) or like a little pun of rolling it was beautiful you're beautiful it would have been (laughs) it still is or and he just called you beautiful and you just go past it as if it's not oh (laughs) (laughs) well this week we rolled some dice uh and the at the end of last episode we all rolled our dice and found out what our category or what our uh topics were and when we knew that doc was going to be joining us we had him roll dice too there was a whole math thing that had to happen for us (laughs) to figure out because he didn't have the right dice uh to do what we needed to do and so um, Wait, I also ball. love that Doc like actually sent us a video of him rolling the dice and didn't cheat or anything. Not yes. that it would matter because you don't know the categories. But <laughs> oh, but I do. Yeah. I love the idea too that that you that we all think the three of us think that Lauren doesn't just pick randomly whatever she wants us she to does. talk about. <laughs> like she has a list <laughs> and she goes, uh, "You rolled a seven. Okay, you're talking about technology." <laughs> yeah, there's, right. There's no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, not cheat. So, so on that note, Patrick, I think you did have technology. I did. So I had technology and I had future. Now it'd be very easy to talk about gadgets. 
Uh, and in fact, there's a lot of uh, exciting Apple rumors uh, flying about right now about uh, new iMacs and and watches and phones and this and that. I thought a bit oh about talking about the form mm. factor of new phones. Um, I think Apple just filed a patent for a foldable phone, and we've actually we're probably in Ugh. generation two now of foldable form factor. Um, we just had another phone. Re- Didn't we graduate from this? I know. Like, oh, no, because the what? deal is the screens now fold as well. So I'm saying like it would be like having a tablet and then you can just Is it Samsung fold the that tablet. Doing that? There's actually several There's people several are. Do. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I thought about mm-hmm. going that direction and then I decided, look, we're at the beginning of the year. It's a great time to project trends. And um, <clears throat> I think, uh, you know, web development, application development, all that kind of stuff uh, falls within technology. So I'm going to talk about what I see as being development, uh, but also design trends for 2021. This is a space that I think we all touch on some level um, or know people that touch on some level. Um, I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Andrew started smirking and I said things about touching people on levels and I just thought like there's probably something there, but I don't know. Fart box. Yep, thanks. I was like, yeah, you can... <laughs> so, you put the pieces together on your own. <laughs> so I'm actually going to talk about design trends first and then move over to development trends. And I'm talking broadly about web applications uh, and then also app. It, it tends to go the same way. Now, if we look at back at this past year, there's a couple of things that stood out uh, a lot. Um, one of those, we've been in a season now of, of minimalist design. And in fact, we've seen most companies go ahead and move uh, a rebrand that direction. If you go look at Dropbox, if you look at... Uh, Slack, if you look at these type of sites, you'll see they have a very, very similar aesthetic. Um, we have seen them start incorporating more illustrations into their aesthetic, but the fact is it's still very, uh, you know, it's flat design. We, we had a period early mm-hmm. on, I say early on, but if we were to go back several years, we were in a period of skeuomorphism where things tended to be fairly mm-hmm. realistic. And then we swung that pendulum very far to flat, minimalist design, lots of negative space. The... Um, now, color-wise, we have been seeing a lot of uh, the use of a lot of gradient and bold color. That's still been hanging on pretty tightly. And then, of course, the brutalist trend still exists, and we still see that popping up from time to time. Um, but that said, I would say the the web design side feels pretty stagnant at this point. Uh, while you know things come and go when it comes to motion or best practices, uh, the reality is the design side has felt pretty standard at least looking at uh the um you know 90 percent of the sites being released that said i do think moving forward that we're going to see a bit of a rejection of that i think that's run its course and i think we're going to see that rejection in several ways one i do think illustration will continue to grow but not just illustration i would say mixed media as well so uh you know in the past we kind of think in terms of like there's a there's a photograph and now there's text and now there's a picture and now there's text and I think what I'm referring to when I say uh, more mixed media would be would be more mediums being used beyond just photos. Uh, talking about illustration, talking about um, actual physical, whether it's like painting or sculpting or whatever, things that are ultimately then uh, pictures are taken or scanned in and built into collages or things like that on sites. But I, I think that that's a very straightforward next step into upping the. Um, I don't want to say complexity, but up, up, upping the visual interest to a kind of standard site. Yes, Andrew. Yeah. Are you in favor of when someone launches a site that it auto plays music? 
Are you saying Ugh. to bring to bring the experience into the fourth dimension? I don't. So here's the thing. I do think we'll see more of that as well, and I've already started seeing more of that. Now, I think that there are there are best practices that have to be observed. Uh, in that case, whenever you're talking about anything that's an autoplay element, whether it's audio or video, that would be the, to have clear controls for how to pause, stop, etc. Thankfully, we already have updates to browsers that will alert us to which tabs are playing music or something like that. But um, as long as there are some type of standard that's observed for how the user ultimately has control over it and can control the experience, uh, I think that's fine. And, and again, I have started seeing that happen uh, more. Uh, I mean, it, it makes sense to say that someone is having an experience and we want to utilize all of the tools at our disposal to give them the best experience possible. So if music does enhance that experience, and I'm not against using it, but again, Anytime you use something like that, it has to be done in such a way that um, whoever is using it, the user can very quickly see where it's coming from and very quickly be able to, again, turn it down, pause it, whatever they need to do. Um, Flip it and reverse it. Absolutely. You know, the next thing, um, I think a, a, a next very logical step is going to be twofold. So the the... The most obvious is going to be dark mode available. So browsers have the ability to to detect whether or not a device is in dark mode or not. And so because of that, there's two things that can happen. One, you can have people toggle dark mode or light mode on your site. But two, if your computer is set to dark mode, the browser can detect that and ultimately set the site in dark mode. So that way it references the same way that applications would. Going a step further, I believe we'll also start to see a few more native elements or natively designed elements popping in. Uh, and on that note, this is going to mm. take me into neuomorphism. Are y'all familiar with neuomorphism? Okay, no. I didn't. I'm mm -mm. familiar with anamorphism. Right. I didn't think you would be, so I went ahead and I brought up an example <laughs> to share. That's a solid joke, by the no, way. No, that's great. Um, but I, I, I have an example to show so you can get an idea of what it is. Hopefully you can see it on the screen. Oh, great. But imagine you kind of split the difference. With neomorphism, what you're doing is you're taking uh, elements, not necessarily elements that we would see in real life. So mm. we might be mm -hmm. taking elements that we've only ever seen rendered as flat web or application elements, but then we render them as though they are real. So then we give them depth as though they are real. Then we give them whatever as though they are real. So it's this kind of split of having something that um, feels realistic, um, but again is an element that we're familiar with within the context of this space that we're in. Uh, this I love this that. is incredibly yeah, that exciting. Really good. Incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, uh, it is not difficult to achieve. Um, from a design yeah, and implementation like standpoint. So this... Well, even from that point, like it keeps you from having to update all of the mock-ups that you have every year when a new phone comes out or a new desktop. Mm -hmm. I did not understand that comment at all. <laughs> really just front-doored that yeah, one. You just said something, <laughs> I missed it. So that's just that's where I'm at. <laughs> no, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Just so we're all on the same page here. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I am very, very excited about this idea of, of taking something that we, we would probably this past year, year before have interacted with flat way, but then bringing the depth, making it feel like a real component. So kind of, again, splitting that difference mm -hmm. between um, 
uh, uh, not skeuomorphic, but but having more of that feel. So this is a very exciting direction. Again, very easy to implement. Uh, it's not difficult to design. It does harken back. Like if we think about um, if we think about app icon design from let's say six years ago or something like that. Like uh, maybe even eight years ago. Gosh, ten years ago. I forget how old this stuff is. It does kind of harken back to a bit more of that feel because now things have gradient, things have texture, things have a a, a bit of whatever. Um, but it's not cartoony. It, it it is a nice balance to it. So this is a trend I'm very excited about, and I'm excited to start uh, implementing for myself and something I think we'll see more. So. Uh, dark mode, native elements, but mm-hmm. also this new amorphism. Uh, and I think we're going to see this uh, in more places than just web and application, uh, but very excited for that. Now, um, beyond that, um, motion will continue to increase. That's just the reality. Um, hopefully, mm-hmm. accessibility will continue to increase. When it, whenever we have these moves, especially if we start moving to uh, more types of media, if we start moving to, to more types of... Uh, um, kind of more dynamic or varied layouts, I should say. Um, you know, there, there's talk about more sites using like horizontal scrolling as opposed to vertical scrolling and things like that. Um, the issue that should be at the forefront of our mind is that the people that use our site don't necessarily, um, can't necessarily use it the same way, whether it's because of a, a vision mm-hmm. issue or or a hearing issue or... or any number of things. It, it may be the controllers they have to use, the devices they have to use, whatever it is. Um, but making mm. sure that we keep accessibility at the forefront for all of us—that's part of our job. It's it's one thing I have to explain to clients that it's very easy to think mm-hmm. that oh, you cannot, you can, you know, put that design together in a couple hours. Well, the reality is we have to account for things that go beyond the pixels that you see, and one of those very serious things we need to always be accounting for. Uh, is accessibility and how something functions. So um, that's the reason that uh, I charge a bit more than the guy down the street, but it's <laughs> but it's what you should be doing as well. Um, also, the guy down the street does lawn maintenance. Yeah. So <laughs> You're a pro. Probably, totally di- totally different, a different situation. It is different industry, but I still like to point it out to him every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you need a website for yeah. your lawn That's right. Yeah. So outside of that, so talking about development, I mean, in many ways, development has to follow the design. However, I think there is a, a big thing to know. Uh, and that's that tracking is, of course, always going to continue. Now, most people are very frustrated with the state of advertising right now. The the idea that very important information is paywalled off and you have to pay a dollar for it or two dollars or whatever it is. Um, the the mm-hmm. amount of ads you have to wade through, uh, how much that slows down your experience. I mean, using an ad blocker can literally save uh, six, eight, twelve seconds on a page load, depending on what site you're visiting. Um, because of the amount mm-hmm. of these these third party ads trackers et cetera that are being loaded in the background, there are websites that I visit that my ad blocker might filter out thirty or forty requests to other pixels and tracking codes and you know third party whatever, and uh, all of that stuff affects your browsing experience. The the reality is large parts of the web, including on very large well known sites, are are just miserable experiences because of the mm-hmm. the extent of advertising and also the dark patterns that are put in place in order to uh, encourage the you know bottomless scrolling mentality right um, or to get you to lock in a sale or whatever it is so I think that as people become more and more savvy more people will push back against that 
the reality is that um, that these things are going to have to adjust, and we see cases of like things like GDPR, which force the experiences to change and put data back into the hands of the person that that is browsing. So. My guess is that over the course of the next year, especially given the administration change, uh, we will see something like that rolled out in the U.S. that gives data protection to users, give users the ability to request their data from any site, and also gives the users the ability to have their data deleted from any site, and that it will also contain penalties to people for not following it. So something similar to like the to GDPR or something like that that we've already seen. Um, I think we'll see that happen. Um, now, there will be a response to that, which will be for companies to create new dark patterns. And so that's the other thing to look out for is, is as yeah. we see people's savviness um, lead to f- a forced experience changes, as we see, you know, there will ultimately be a revolt about how much coronavirus information could people not get because it was paywalled off. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see legislation that prevents some companies from paywalling information, especially if that information is in an educational space. Or a news space. Mm-hmm. So as those things happen, there will be a response to that, and that'll be the thing to watch out for. What is the response to that? Inevitably, the response is going to be to try to still hoard as much data as possible and still encourage people to invest as much time as possible. But um, we'll see what that looks like. Outside of that, uh, broadly speaking, and then I'll wrap this up because I know I talked a long time about this. Uh, broadly speaking, I do have a sense that people are kind of done with apps. People are kind of done with new websites, all right? There was a point in time where you could sit at your computer and just, oh, does that website exist? And you would just type in a bunch of random URLs. There was a point in time where you got your phone and it's new and all these apps like on the app store and there's, uh, oh my gosh, this one looks like I'm drinking a beer. Oh my gosh, this one's like I'm shooting a shotgun. Like (laughs) there was this Wild West point in time well, the reality is that doesn't exist anymore. Even though we may still be investing the same amount of time into this stuff, uh, now if you're browsing the internet daily, you probably have three sites that you check regularly and you never go searching for sites beyond that. If you're using apps on your phone, you probably have three to five apps that you use regularly and you never use any beyond that. And the apps that you're using and the websites you're visiting are probably all multi-million or billion dollar corporations at this point. They're probably all uh, you know, Facebook, Netflix, Apple, Google, and that's who it is. So I think the reality is that that is gone. For anybody that's going to be developing a site, developing an application, that's not enough anymore. You're launching a site into a billion other sites on the internet. So uh, digital marketing, uh, leveraging social media, uh, leveraging multiple funnels, streams, all that stuff has to be part of your plan. You can't just put up a website or put up an app and hope for magic. So um that's the other piece of it. I think the Wild West is done. It'll be interesting to see what the next kind of Wild hmm. West in the digital space is, but I have no idea what that's going to be. So any thoughts about all this? Any trends you're looking forward to? Any trends you hope will die out? I want anything that I'm incapable of creating to stop being made. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. That might, be, have a lot of stuff might be very specific. Uh, but like I look at things, I'm like, oh, I really like that. And if I can't create it, then it makes me sad. So just anything oh. that makes me sad, I want it to go away in 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally trust with that. But if you can't do it, you can hire your friends to do it. That's true. Yeah. That's a that's a good that's a good segue, Doc. I was gonna say it 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 is that battle of the generalist versus uh, what's the other one? 
specialist. <laughs> specialist, thank you. Quality. Uh, yeah. I Quality. I mean, I don't does it do you three struggle with that? Like the, with, the becoming a general being a generalist versus being a specialist? Oh yeah, all the time, which is why I don't really have like a consistent drawing style, I think. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, a, same I'm, here. A, yeah. I'm a generalist for sure. I don't think I'm particularly good at one thing, so does that make me a generalist? Yeah. What is it? What is it when you're not good at? What is it when you're not good at anything? Is that a? (laughs) That's still a generalist. Um, I generally suck at everything. Generally speaking, I'm bad. I think it's. I think it just depends on personality type. I don't know that I like struggle with it from a should I be this or that standpoint. I I think the reality is that uh, I'm at a point in my career and a point in my life that I'm excited by different things, like just excited by uh, knowing what's out there. Mm-hmm. and uh, leveraging things for the first time. That is yeah. not somewhere I was in my career a couple of years ago, but that's where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I just want to try a lot of stuff. Uh, but again, I don't I don't have any sort of, you know, should I be this? Should I be that? Well, what if this is wrong? And what a, it's not that. I'm just kind of fulfilling what... I'm just doing what makes me feel fulfilled, which is trying a bunch of stuff. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, I think I probably struggle with it more then Patrick on like an existential level, like what am I doing? <laughs> like where, what is my voice? Like, how do I, you know, I, I probably do that as an artist. I, I do mm-hmm. that for sure. Like, uh, you know, we talked about last week, we talked about me drawing Betty white. Right. And, and that being a deviation from what I've been drawing for the last six months to a year, which is a lot of animated characters. Um, and realizing like that was a, that was me, uh, like, re-engaging the thing that I was actually trained in but the reality between both things and like if I look at like if I look at my feed and see like one of these things is not like the other like that kind of thing right um but the reality is though the the common thread that ties them together is that it's uh it's reference the thing that I'm good at like if I'm talking about like generalist versus specialist the thing that I would be a specialist in is uh being able to um translate a reference from from whatever it is that i'm looking at into uh into my own work uh so likenesses and things like that i'm i'm talented in that way so if i want to look at myself as a specialist in any way it would be in that arena but not necessarily in like a type and i think we a lot of times Mm -hmm. at least for me when i think about specialist versus generalist i think about having a defined style yeah but yeah but but it's I don't have a defined style, but I do have attributes to my work that are very specialized. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that maybe is a bridge of both worlds. Yeah, I, I am in that boat where I will I'm much more comfortable with a, a reference material than I am just sitting down with oh, a blank yeah. sheet of paper and just turn on the imagination and go right and have something you know mm-hmm. just a new world. Uh, right you know be conjuring just, i'm not i'm not yes. a conjurer right i am yeah. a replicator yeah. and i and i can replicate i can i can mesh things together right and create a reference to to go from mm-hmm. pulled from various areas but then ultimately what i end up doing on the paper whether digital or physical paper is i'm replicating my concept and my concept might be an amalgamation of other references all pulled together to right. create something oh, yeah. new you know what i mean so Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it's in that same space. How about you, Lauren? I think it definitely is something that I think about a lot because I think I'm good at adapting to 
different styles if you ask me to do it. So I can draw differently if I need to, but it's not always a good thing when people are like, oh, what did you make? Like sometimes something I make looks very different than the last thing that I made. <laughs> I think your work I is very it. special though. Like, not very special. I mean, it is. I think your work has a very specific, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for, has a very specific look to it. I think even if yeah. you're creating things in different ways, I can almost always tell when it's Lauren's work just by looking. That's, if I look at a smattering, I can say, oh, that one's right, Lauren's. Because she sure. puts the signature in the bottom right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I, I'm told a lot that I, that people can't tell the difference. Or like my parents don't even know sometimes like, oh, you made this? Like, <laughs> I think it's because they're, they're still surprised that you're that talented. That has nothing to do with how. <laughs> I, just, I, I think it's like a little, maybe a little bit of both, who knows, but it's just one of those uh, things that I think, especially like when you are like an artist, like people want to like have a thing that you're known for. I'm like, I don't know how to like quantify that for myself. And right. Is that a good yeah. thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doc, you're, you're helping along this way with what you're, with uh, with what you're bringing to the network, and so why don't you go ahead and take um, take the the reins uh, and do your category? Uh, my category was future of business, and uh, so we're going to be talking business. about video business. Business. It's business time. <laughs> you know we're talking about business. Um, That's but, why they called on business socks. I had to finish it. I, 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 just, I, I just want Doc to speak. Business. <laughs> Dude, Patrick's tired of, of hearing us talk. Well, <laughs> you do have business socks. <laughs> you have business socks. They say over it. <laughs> Pandemic. Which reflects Patrick's sucks. right now. Oh, they yeah. really do say over it. <laughs> so over it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I don't know if I know some people got real offensive or on the offense when they would be called a creative type of thing several years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think some people are sliding into that, that um, mindset with the word like storytelling or storytellers or making sure that story is a part of what you're doing, selling branding type of a thing. Um, And a lot of companies uh, with sort of what Patrick was saying about with what's happening in the digital space and the web you're seeing more and more video happening in hero images and, you know, content that's being put out. It's not just a pretty picture with, you know, words over it or out to the left or right of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are trying to do more capturing of daily life. Uh, recently, uh, a friend of mine, we just were running around town and shooting pictures just more or less documenting a moment and Mm -hmm. then we're sharing it. And the more we got talking about it, I think it's one of those things like because we sit and breathe through the same thing every day, a lot of the times it, it is just that to us. It's just breathing. It's nothing special. It's just air in, air out. Um, But what I'm learning, and I think a lot of other people are learning through this, this time is we take a lot of that for granted. And a lot of people, I was on a, a, a video chat earlier today learning some UX and UI things. And one of the, the, the other students just crushed a, a, a photo mashup. And uh, everyone was like, how in the world did you do that? Would you be willing to like show us how you did that, uh, you know, sometime? And I mean, 
that go you know leads into what you do because you've done it and this is just how you do it becomes more more or less like your artistic thumbprint that mm-hmm. you you just live with it and i think now more than ever there's also that this feeling that information is more accessible knowledge is more you know broadly shareable and and people are more in the space mentally and and whatnot to freely give that mm-hmm. uh, whereas you know even 15 20 years ago it was very much a hold your cl- or hold your cards close to your your chest type of thing so yeah. that you mm-hmm. were indispensable and things of that nature whereas i'm super excited about the shift in the the business culture to have that ability to bring others along with you, teach them what you know and uh, build them up, make yourself or like basically have people train them to be your replacement type of thing so that either you can Mm -hmm. move up and continue to do that and, and teach quality, you know, habits and things of that nature to employees. Uh, And a lot of that is, I think, shifting to video format where a lot of companies are coming in, and either having training from some of their their key uh, employees, uh, working through processes and problems, onboarding, you know, uh, can be a, a powerful thing when done correctly. You know, it's one thing to come in and sit down in a in a room and just have like a PowerPoint deck with three hundred pages that y- you get into you know Andrew, page two and you just that's how he onboarded over. me. The ima- mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. <laughs> that's my primary business method, and then I'm like, you're on your own. <laughs> If you can make it to page four, you've got a chance in this industry. Um, but uh, but yeah, so part of what um, I've been trying to do more in my life and, and career is is documenting more of what I'm doing because as a dad of kids, a lot of times it's like, nobody wants to see my kids, nobody wants to see my life. But the conversations I'm having, uh, a lot of it comes up like, how do you make time for all of this? with having a family type of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I do think that goes back into a, sto- a storytelling uh, type of thing. So, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I think figuring out what the story you've got to share um, and again, write it down, talk to it, uh, talk through it with some people and um, see if there isn't some documentation that, that can be done uh, with your own person and, and, and company business type of thing so yeah and i think there's uh just another piece of that for uh whether you're working for yourself supporting clients whatever or just within your job um it's just another level of uh the the documentation i mean anything you do like that is creating an efficiency it's it's putting you in a position where uh, mm-hmm. okay, this thing can be refined over time. The information can get better over time, but we can put, put it in front of someone without me having to put myself in front of them every time. Um, and so there's another component of that that it's uh, ultimately uh, frees you up to focus on um, you know, the, the things that are ultimately more important to driving your business forward uh, because you don't want to be bogged down in a bunch of admin. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it will... If you're constantly refining those things you put in front of people, ultimately you'll be giving them a better experience than you probably would have given them if you just sit down off the cuff, whether it's for an onboarding or a training or something else. So, um, and I'll say this for anybody that gets excited about Mm -hmm. the idea of creating that type of documentation, leveraging uh, specifically video, 
to whether to create onboardings, classes, teachings, whatever. Those jobs are exploding all over the place, and they pay super well. So if you're someone mm-hmm. that likes to put mm-hmm. together information that can tell a story, not you know like a, a fable, but I mean like can like can <laughs> get a point across in Once a logical a order. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was so a troll story. <laughs> yeah, and you you have some experience with video creation uh, or, or design or, or whatever that is. Some of that experience. Then, um, yeah, that 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 career space is exploding right now. Yeah, and so in, in taking that and kind of tr- like translating that into like some practical stuff, you and part of what you're doing here on the network, and and part of what you're what you're going to start bringing to the table is that idea of opening up the space, opening up your creative um, process, opening up tips and tricks and skills and training and teaching um, and and bringing people alongside you in the process. Uh, and so why don't you tell people what your show is, what it's going to be? It seems like a perfect like, kind of segue into mm-hmm. talking about what you're going to yep. be you know, providing to the network. Right on. Um, so we'll be doing like a, a monthly draw along. Uh, we'll be going over a couple different things from, you know, sketching process to inking process to you know, doing uh, coloring, various ways to do that, where it's a, you know, uh, a lot of people have more uh, painterly approach to things, whereas some of the the way that I think through screen printing and comic books is, you know, more building with flats and things like that. So I think there's going to be some uh, monthly challenges. I think we're going to to jump in and uh, uh pick some things through uh, pop culture to tie back into what's happening here on the podcast of movies that are coming out and things of that nature. And going to try to set it up a prompt uh, monthly at the beginning of the month, and then we'll do a draw along and we'll be going over uh, several different steps of the process for the, for the next uh, year or so. Yeah. So it's a, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's kind of a multi, multi-step deal. You're putting out a prompt, like you said, with the intention that people would get involved in that prior to your do to your live piece yes. because you're yeah. going to then take whatever that prompt was and expand on it right like that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea right yeah so yeah. if we do uh sketches uh this month type of thing we'll be focusing on inking that sketch in the video type of thing so if you want to hop into the slack channel and you know talk about these sketches and finding references and things like that i'd love to be able to have a community you know mm-hmm building uh, and working towards that so that we can all get together at the at the end of the month and sort of have a foundation that we can all jump in and 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 use you know I'll be using procreate this this first go around I had some questions Very about nice. that so we'll be uh, we'll be checking that out okay and your your um, regular rhythm will be the end of the month will be the live thing that people can tune into and so they'll need to check into the prompts at the beginning of the month or will you like how will that how what can people expect in terms of, of how um how the show will have a rhythm uh right now i'm thinking and planning that we'll be dropping prompts either here through the three of you or in the slack channel or both and okay. then uh, yeah, we we'll can, absolutely we do it in, in the in all of our social channels as well we'll make a post and everybody can know what uh the homework is ahead of time yeah, yeah. I'm i'm really <laughs> excited so i've had the opportunity to to collaborate, I guess is a good word, right? Collaborate yeah, with totally. you a few times on some pieces, some for uh, for shows and then some just for fun. Um, and so we've regularly worked with one another's 
work um, to bring, you know, uh, art pieces together. And I'm excited for people to to kind of get that that level of in depth with you and seeing how um, seeing what it's like to work alongside you because. I, I think you're super fun to work with and you're super open to ideas and you also bring your own ideas. And so I'm excited to see what, what you know, cause you know how to do a lot of stuff a lot more efficiently than how I do it. We were just comparing yesterday, um, <laughs> procreate files and for roughly the same finished product, I'm laying down literally twice as many strokes as doc does. And so we, uh, and, and taking, just as much time. So I'm, I'm laying down. You're like, oh, you're, you put a lot of, you put that, that pencil up and down quite a bit. And so like learning different techniques and different skills. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Tell everybody what the show is called. Uh, we're going to be calling it the, the drawing board. The and, drawing yeah, board. Yeah. So perfect. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. So we're so excited about that. Bringing video elements. We'll be doing that through our YouTube uh page and so when that's mm -hmm. when it's time for that obviously we'll we'll promote it ahead of time so you know where to go and we'll drop links and all that stuff but um yeah officially doc welcome to the yeah. team we're excited for this uh, i'm excited welcome. to draw alongside you and i hope everyone else is too so yeah I'm, I'm extremely excited about doing this part of the uh thank you for creating a place with the, the master of one that you know the draw alongs that we had during october was definitely a catalyst to really get this up and up and running so thank you for that bit to the community you got it buddy okay so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna take it and transition from something that's super positive and exciting and really cool that we are waiting for and talk about my topic so i rolled film and i rolled a four which allowed me to pick whatever i wanted ultimately but i promised <laughs> that i would do a film that i hadn't seen yet and, and review that film well there was a movie that i had um scene that I really wanted that I, I had seen was coming out and I and I really wanted to see it and then it totally fell off of my radar. And so this week as I was trying to figure out what to watch, I came across it again and got super excited. The movie that I'm talking about is called The Devil All the Time. And so this movie like you'd think that like hearing that name you would have an idea that it already isn't probably going to be super happy and it's not a super jolly movie, but it does uh it does star a lot of people that could maybe uh help kind of paint a, a better picture for that. So it's got people like Tom Holland. It's got, uh, uh, Haley Bennett. It's got, uh, what's his, a uh, Bill Skarsgård, which I guess that could have been an indicator that maybe it wasn't going to be super happy. Uh, yeah. And it's he shows got, up, just, uh, just get out some, like, just get ready. <laughs> yeah. It depends on how he's dressed. That's yeah. true. Yeah. He, he's not, he's not wearing face paint. Um, and then, uh, Robert Pattinson, as well as a whole bunch of other people in this movie, right? Uh, Jason Clark. Um, there, there's just a lot of really, really talented people in this movie. And so I was really excited to see it. Um, let me give you the premise of the movie and then and just we'll go from there. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. The feel-good movie of the year. It doesn't say that last part. <laughs> um, but this, this movie takes place over the course of several decades, all kind of post-World uh, War II, early in the like the 50s and the 60s, right? This movie takes place over that. But it takes it's place in It's kind of a, a compilation, right? Like, that's one of the very few things I know about it. Uh, it. You could say that. You could say that, but it's really more of... it's tied. They it, all tie together, but like it is like kind of separate stories. 
They're separate. St- yes, that's a good way of saying it. they are separate stories. But like uh, some of like those classic movies where all the story, like the Italian Job, and some of those other ones, where, like all mm-hmm. the stories kind of tie together uh, at yeah, the end. Yeah, it's like that, right? So all these stories overlap in some way, shape, or form. But it takes place in this this back town uh, in or this backwoods town in Ohio, primarily in Ohio, and then West Virginia. The name of uh, the place, like the primary place, is called Knockemstiff, Ohio like knock them stiff. Uh, <laughs> and it is an actual real place. Like I read up on this place and it's, it, it's just, a, it's a place that uh, really lives up to the, to that, to that name. And so there's lots of uh, lore about why it got that name. And I'll let, I'll put, I'll post a link to it in the show notes, but you can read about, there's some, some is it haunted. Uh, just, no, it's not, it's not haunted, but there's, <laughs> there's questions about like, is it about like killing people who have done you wrong? Is it about uh, getting Ooh. getting justice uh, against a cheating husband or like that kind of thing, like knocking them stiff, like knocking them dead? Okay, right? yeah. Um, but mm. this movie centers around the these different families, and there there's lots of religion. There's a lot of kind of religious focus in this, um, and lots of prayer. And uh, without giving anything away, because I there's. It, there's lots of twists and turns in this movie. Uh, it it is it is brutal. It is in in very much a, a a harsh movie to watch. It is not fun loving. It is not lighthearted. There is no there's no like reprieve. Once the movie starts, it's it's kind of full bore all the way across. And have you guys ever seen the movie um, uh, Burn After Reading? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Without without movie. saying anything about that movie. If you like that kind of movie, I think you'll like this movie. <laughs> At that being said, maybe don't get too attached to any of the characters. So that's a maybe it's just a, a really subtle way of, of saying what you can expect. If you, which also is a good word of advice for burn after reading. Exactly. Yeah, for burn after reading. Don't. <laughs> If, you, if you're watching Coen that Brothers movie, thing. yeah. If you're watching that movie because because you love all of those actors. Just don't watch that movie. Um, I mean, I think they do a great performance, but it's. it's I was not like, that's that a great movie. movie. <laughs> um, but uh, again, without telling any of the story, because I do think that the story is kind of pivotal to this movie, um, and and there are things that kind of that will kind of shake the foundation of enjoying it if you know ahead of time, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, this movie is very triggering. If if you have. If you have experienced or you have um, family who has experienced any sort of like kidnapping or rape or, uh, you know, brutality or beatings or like if any of that, like psychological stuff, like there's some some real um, possibilities uh, of of being triggered by some of this stuff, because there's there's quite a bit that that happens and and quite a bit that goes on. suicide like there's there's a lot kind of going on in this movie um but like it's like i said it's some of these actors who you expect something from and you get something totally different this is tom holland like you've never seen him before uh mm-hmm. he's he's quite intense now he would be what i would consider the anti-hero of this movie so there's definite villains in the movie and then everyone else I would put in this category of anti-hero. No one in this movie is crystal clean or pure or is, you know, the right, the true north of the movie. Everyone is a little bit dark. Everyone has a little bit of of an edge to them and everybody uh, expresses it in different ways. Um, and 
and again, it, it just kind of goes all the way through. One, one of the things that I took away, one of the, the quotes that stuck, like as they said it, I stopped, paused it, put it in my notes to talk about is some people were born just so they can get buried. <laughs> that oh. idea that some people serve no other purpose other than to, to be worthy of dying. Like, and that's, and that's mm. what they do as a way almost of justifying what may or may not have just happened to that person, right? So without, without going mm-hmm. too much into it, um, that's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, mentality and the, the morality that you can expect going into this movie. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's like a horror movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's intense. And it's definitely not for kids. Uh, it's definitely not a movie to watch with the family. Um, don't grab a pizza. R. Yeah, it's a hard R, I would say for sure. Um, but it's uh, it's really interesting. Like it's a different take on, like I said, a lot of these actors and a lot of the characters that they would typically play. Sebastian Sam coming into it, that read an interesting story about the fact that um, prior to Sebastian Stan, Stan, Stan coming into it, he uh, the original casting for that character, he plays a a, a sheriff, like a, the mm-hmm. small town sheriff. Um, prior to that casting. It was Chris Evans originally. Chris Evans had signed on to play this role and then uh, some scheduling oh. conflicts. Yeah. So some scheduling conflicts came about that that required him to to step out of it. And as he stepped out of that role, he suggested Sebastian Sam because he's obviously worked with him, right? So you've got mm. Captain America and then I, Bucky. Yeah, I was like, I Bucky. love that. Like, yeah, Captain America yeah. recommended Bucky to be in a movie. Right. <laughs> um, and I would for sure say in this movie, he definitely plays a bit more as, uh the winter soldier but like pre like mid brainwashing <laughs> like he's a bit more that he's character really mean uh <laughs> yeah um and and pre-arm pre-arm yeah 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 so i i would say uh isn't that like a whole part of his winter soldier thing oh yeah yeah that would be yeah he gets he gets that arm during the transition while they're brainwashing yeah. him I'm gonna get that arm <laughs> you're just being rocketed Shake at this weight. point yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he got he got that. He would destroy the ass out of it. would just explode. Um, I guess we don't need uh, the hand like, gesture. The spring just like rockets out after the first shake. You're right, yeah. Andrew. It would explode. Um, <laughs> um, but it was really interesting, right? To to see that he, yeah. he suggested him, and it was it was Captain America and and Bucky. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would recommend. Uh, Robert Pattinson's character is a character you will absolutely hate. Uh, if <laughs> can I say if something you're... funny that I know about him in this movie? It's like the, one of the only things sure. I know about this movie sure. is that uh, so it's a movie that is takes place in Ohio. You said, and every yeah. a lot of people have accents that are supposed West, to be like West Virginia and Ohio. So yeah, like Midwest. okay, so yeah, yeah, everyone has like Southern accents, I guess, and. Um, they had a dialect coach that they hired for the movie and Robert Pattinson was like, nope, I got this. Hired his own coach. I think this is how the story goes, something like this. But he like really worked on his own voice but did not let anybody hear it until the day he showed up on set. Wow. That's a power move. Yeah. <laughs> He's still showing that sparkle. He still has that sparkle on from Twilight. That's how it gives for him real. the confidence to move, to move into that. I thought the acting <laughs> in this movie was superb. Like... In a way that's eerie because the stuff that they're depicting mm-hmm. is is very dark. Dark. Uh, and the people that they got to portray this very very good. I think the weakest actor in the entire in the entire film is the guy who plays um, Dudley uh, from oh, yeah. Harry Potter. What's I'm trying to remember his name right this second. I don't know that actor's name. But... Uh, 
He's forever yeah. Dudley, such as like Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. Yeah. So yeah, Dudley, I can't. He's I can't totally think. Swiss Army man. Oh, his name is Harry. <laughs> his name is Harry Melling. Harry Melling. Um, okay. Really. He uh, he plays in this movie, and and he's not bad, but he would probably be the weakest actor, and he was he was great. So. Um, mm-hmm. You know, watch this movie if you're... Bill Skarsgård is not in the movie for very long if you're watching because of him. Tom Holland, I think, probably gets <laughs> major billing in it, um, as does Sebastian Sam and as does Robert Pattinson. So those are kind of the three... All the superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they uh, they definitely kind of uh, hitch their wagon to that stuff, but it's a different kind of story. So I would, I would rate this film... Uh, I probably would give it an eight out of ten. Mm, I might give it a seven out of ten uh, because it, it feels a little long. the 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 runtime is is a little long. It's I, I believe it's like two and a half hours or something like that. Um, I'm trying to look two hours and eighteen minutes, and, and you feel every every one of those. I feel like if the movie had ended at two hours, it would have been better. So just cutting out some of that, but at the same time, it's trying to tell a lot of stories. I think there's like five or six separate stories happening that all converge at one point or another. Um, so anyway, uh, cool. none of you have seen it yet, so you can't give your opinions about it. I don't know if that's a movie that you would be into or not, Doc. I feel like you would like it, Lauren. Um, yeah. And Patrick, I thought it was actually a horror movie, so I'm a little bummed to hear it's not actually just because of the like devil thing. So. <laughs> it's not it's not a literal it's not a literal devil in this there's yeah not like, yeah there's yeah. not like demons or ghosts or anything it's definitely more uh the devil inside of all of us kind of thing that's for kind sure of how, yeah yeah how, how it reads yeah. it's based I on think a book. i will watch it yeah i think i would i would probably like this movie i i told you guys before the podcast uh that my brother has seen this movie and he's like no i really liked it it's very good but i would never watch it again yeah i have no reason to watch it again um yeah, no, zero reason to watch it again. It is based on a book by the same name by uh, Donald Ray Pollock, um, and uh, so if you want to, if you're into movies that are or movies that are adapted from books, this is this is one of those. Um, and apparently, it's it's uh, it's a really well received novel. So, and I could see that it's it's, but it's it's intense. You, yeah, for sure. And if you like, I said, if any of those. If any of those themes that I mentioned are triggering to you or you've experienced, just go into this knowing that there's a possibility that this might be more upsetting to you than maybe some other people. Sure. Um, All right. Uh, Lauren, please end this this episode on some happy notes, please. Yeah, we're taking you on a full emotional roller coaster. We're just going to talk about something fun now, which is toys. I got toys and I got uh, three, which means I have to pick the past. Or I think I don't remember the numbers anymore, I guess. But uh, I got past she toys. makes it up. That would, that so you would got, be you one. Got one. Yeah, be one. Yeah, one. I was like, I said the wrong thing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so past toys. Uh, and actually, a really interesting fact about 2020 is that all of the most popular and highest selling toys were at least 10 years old. Um, and I think this is actually for a lot of reasons, and I kind of go into a lot of those. So I think the biggest one and most obvious one is boredom. We're all stuck inside because of COVID. Everybody's looking for different ways to pass the time, especially away from screens, especially if you have kids. So more traditional board games and toys have just been like a more like a like a what's the word uh, like appealing option, you yeah. know, just to do something different. And we're all bored. I mean, like I've started doing puzzles like crazy. I trade them with my friends now, so I don't have to keep buying so many because they're just big and tough to store. Plus like once you do a puzzle, do you really want to do it again? <laughs> yeah. No, that's why I so, glue them or I just don't do them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I actually like this trading thing. This is working out for me. But yeah, like, so I think like it, there was puzzles was a specific category and board games have gone up between 200 and 300% in sales in 2020. So like toys are just making a killing. Um, so then there's like a few other like factors that just straight up like affected the toy business this year because of COVID, which was like um, a lot of the Chinese factories were shut down for several months. So a lot of right. newer toys were just simply not being created for a certain amount of time the companies have since then worked around and gotten factories in other countries and like now have kind of created a way around this if they needed to or like honestly a lot of them are back up and running so that's not as much of an issue but because uh like shipping and all that stuff's also disrupted there's just a slowdown in what gets to shelves and for a while what would sell first was all the newer toys and then the older toys are left so that's what people were buying for their kids I think also because the parents are going out to choose something and maybe their first choice that the kid actually asked for wasn't available, they're choosing what they know from the shelf. They're trying to find a good way to spend the money on a toy that their kid will still like and still be happy with, so they choose something that they are familiar with. And it, it was like, I read in a bunch of articles about this actually, and like there's a lot of research where like uh, parents will choose games that they know because not only can like, do they already know that it's fun to play and that they'll be able to teach their kids how to play it. And like, they're not accidentally buying something that's too difficult or something like that. Um, it's that they like, it's just the nostalgia factor as well. Like all of us, I think are searching for comfort in different ways. And it's like, Oh, I used to play Monopoly with my dad, you know? And so I think there's just a lot of like interest in retro toys specifically because, of like just everybody seeking out a way to like comfort themselves like i've been playing mario sunshine all week and that's definitely been like purely because i was like oh i remember playing this game with my brother it was so fun <laughs> so um you play is that a two-player game or did you just like alternate back and forth yeah you just uh you trade the controller every time you die or you get a okay. star <laughs> I, was say, I didn't think that was two-player <laughs> No, you just trade. Those back are and the forth. official multiplayer rules, <laughs> yeah, as stated on the Nintendo website. <laughs> <laughs> the Rubin family household rules. Um, so I think it's just interesting that like so many older toys have made a big comeback. Like some of the ones that are very interesting to me are like Lightbright made a big comeback, Etch a Sketch, things like that, which I would not expect. Like I understand buying board games and puzzles and things like that, but I was like Lightbright. But it is one of those things that just takes up like hours of time, and like I liked Lightbright. Did you really? I oh, absolutely, I did. I mean, I it liked seems... it, but I don't feel like I played with it a ton. And then, like, once you use the paper once, it's ruined. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's ruined. I need new paper. <laughs> How do I make the dog again? <laughs> what did you make out of your Lightbright? I'm very intrigued. Star. What? Just, star. just star, just, just star, stars. not a star, <laughs> just star. The singular word. Put them in star. like random spots and look. Look, I made stars. <laughs> no, no, no. He made star. Like... Singular. <laughs> this like, was the the onset of uh, the whole starfish thing. I feel <laughs> like there was a candle one. Goes way back. I think there was a candle one, and I think there was like a star one. So you were doing the preset. You weren't getting creative with it. You were no, just punching, I needed the like, paper and I would pop it in the holes. I'm a okay. rule follower. Mm -hmm. Well, as you're a rule follower as long as someone has created the rules. You don't necessarily abide by the the main mainstream rules. Don't tell me how to enjoy my life right. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it the way it's already been outlined for me to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this the exact amount of regulation enjoyment <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm surprised that Lightbright 
is even still around, honestly, much less is something that people got. They brought it back this year because like due to demand, which is just kind of insane to me. Like I wouldn't have like, I understand so many other toys making a comeback. This is one where I'm like, not sure I understand. There's so like when I go to my cousin's house and see their toys, all my cousins are younger than me. Sorry. They're like 10 and under. Oh, wow. Sounds they, like my house. <laughs> they have the coolest toys, though. I'm like, if I if toys did this when I was a kid, like this would have been amazing. Like I would, I would be like making toys for a living. I never would have wanted to grow up. Like, <laughs> uh, rapid like, this fire. This stuff is so cool. Uh, Lauren, what was your favorite toy as a child? Legos for sure. Doc. Oh man, uh, the one that immediately came to mind was like my He-Man collection. Your semen collection, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> my ironically my favorite toy was doc's semen collection <laughs> <laughs> sort of like sea monkeys but not quite is that what you call your children your semen collection <laughs> come here semen let me love you <laughs> mine was mine was for sure ninja turtles i mean hands down ninja oh, yeah. turtles I there was also yours. many many ninja turtles played with in our house with yeah. like on the lego sets and everything yeah, <laughs> i had i had gi joe like the big ones with like the actual like clothing and stuff like oh, that and I, that you those could are take cool off toys. <laughs> patrick was very clear was, he didn't want the plastic ones he wanted the real clothing men no i had the big <laughs> ones and i wish i had kept them because apparently some of those are worth money now oh yeah so. yeah <laughs> i would always take like the black mm-hmm. cat fireworks apart and stick them in like real battle damage gi joe's that's like, not I, how you play yeah. with them that, i mean i didn't get the memo about regulation happiness <laughs> regulation <laughs> happiness <laughs> that's really good my family has a great story about like doing this where like my mom had just gotten like a brand new car for her barbie and my uncle took uh her Barbie in the car with this G.I. Joe so G.I. Joe could take Barbie on a date and blew it up with fireworks. <laughs> wow. wow. Sounds like something out of uh, the, the, the movie. That the Andrew devil. Yeah, the devil yeah. all the time. That is, that's one yeah. of the things that happened. And my um, mom is still seeking revenge. <laughs> I, I do think that because this is Doc's first official you know, foray into the, the M of one family, like officially he should, we should name this episode after regulation happiness. I think that, that is okay. Yeah. We have some really good time. This is the first time ever. I've literally written down like four titles for this episode. This is going to be a four people to use. This is a four part episode. That's, that's what it's going to end up having to be. Um, (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. All right. So we are, uh, we, we made it through an episode and that's great. 400, 400 times around the sun. No more than that. Uh, but you know uh, what, guys? That was okay. <laughs> no, and uh, that was <laughs> not I, bad. That was yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, so I think it's time for That'll us do, to pig. roll our dice uh, to figure out what yeah. we're talking about next week. <laughs> I'm giving Lauren time right now. Go ahead. Sorry. Number eleven. Oh, I don't have the thing up yet. I'm so. Oh sorry. my god. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm not ready yet. I don't know why you went. <laughs> Music. <laughs> 11. Well, I failed that. And then Music. I rolled three, so that needs to be uh, future. Yeah, future music. All right, I'll roll this time gonna around. Suck. It's going to suck watch for the sure, mu- Watch the movie <laughs> History of Future Folk. <laughs> I rolled three. I've seen it. A three? I've already seen History of Future Folk. Oh, I was just built well, to future and music. Uh, design, Andrew. Sweet, mm. and then my uh, modifier is a four in your face. Your choice. People. All right, so my turn. Your turn, music. Seventeen. 
Toys again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You live cool. and die by the die. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you live and See, die. if I were lying, I would not give myself toys twice. Like, oh, I know. What's, or that's, music what's the ever. second? What's the D4? <laughs> what's the D4? Oh, I'm so sad about this. Three. So future, future toys, toys, even harder. Perfect. This is, this is right up your alley. Doc, <sighs> you're not going to be on next week's episode. Don't roll anything. Doc, will you re-roll for me, please? <laughs> You got a five. Don't get it. Film. No, nope, I like that happening. much better. We're done. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> get us out of this episode, Andrew. You have you have to talk about a film that's about future toys. toys. Um, <laughs> Toy so Story Six. If I if I do that, <laughs> it will allow it. That's the only allowance right. of it. Um, we. Uh, we made it through 400 episodes, and here's to 400 more, everybody. Cheers. Uh, we're excited about what's on the uh, the horizon for us. We have other things to talk about in the, the weeks to come. We're excited about what's happening in 2021, uh, some other partnerships and some other additions that we're uh, looking to make. And so um, hit up mofone.network if you have an idea of, of something that you want to add to the to the network or an idea of a show that you could, could be a part of or start. Um, and, uh, yeah. Is that format Patrick? Sure. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's there. Uh, while you're there, find, Good sh- luck finding it. find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about in this episode, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. There's a ton of content, years and years and years worth of content. There's something for everybody. Um, like rate review, subscribe on iTunes, leave us a rating. That's super helpful and review the show. That's super, super helpful. Um, you can, can you can contribute to the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash M of one uh, podcast. And uh, I think that's it. There's just lots of stuff there. Hit up the website and that's where you'll find it. you find us on M of one podcast on all the different social platforms. And stay tuned to that for more information about Doc's new show, The Drawing Board. Um, and uh, otherwise, I think we're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. I'm Doc. Peace out. Adios. Riches get stretches. Nope. <laughs> 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 <laughs>